to Don't Be All Like Uncool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my zesty friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Morand. Hi, Alex. Wow, we made it to the end of the alphabet. What are you going to do now? I actually have no idea. I thought about that last night. I don't have any plans, so suggestions welcome. You can do like A-A-B-B. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my tagline this week, with the premise being like, if... A housewife's tagline, like, was a reaction to another tagline in the same opening. Has that ever happened before? I don't think so, but I'm excited. It feels like a little, like, a little, like, a little cattiness after a tagline is said. Well, this is if Wendy and Giselle get in, like, a big thing this season. This is what Wendy's tagline should be. To light a candle is to cast a shadow, and that's why you're in the shade. Ooh! Alex. Alex. Nice incorporating that candle light. Now, Alex, I don't know if you've been on the Bravo gossip blogs, but that was a little bit of foreshadowing. I run that shit. Little did you Foreshadowing? Giselle and Wendy will get in a huge fight because of our good friend, Eddie. So stay tuned. And some rumors. Oh, wow. Yes. Karen, actually, here, I'll just jump right into it. Karen came out to page six on Thursday of last week and said she wasn't going to comment on it because rumors swirl and she, unlike some people, cough, cough, Giselle, doesn't pay attention to that kind of stuff. You know, very Karen putting down Giselle while pretending to uplift Wendy at the same time. We're also joined by my lovely sister and our co-host, Miss Julia Baker. Hi, Jules. I'm only gullible if you tell me I am. I like it, Julia. That's good. That's like an old Groucho Marx joke. It's like a silly wordplay. I like it. But it's also because this week on Beverly Hills, I saw Erica in a different light. I've been standing by her side, believing every tear, every sob, every cry, every word. And this week, she lost me. (gasps) But Julia, you and I are gullible in Bravo world. Like, in more ways than one. Every time Julia and I watch any Housewife things, we're always surprised it's a TV show. Like, I forget. I think that I'm also in the room with them. Mm -hmm. I am constantly surprised that this is being filmed. And this is not your life. (laughs) And I'm not friends with these people. (laughs) So, Julia, do you not... Have you given up on the Hitman angle? Oh, no. I've I've built upon the Hitman angle. (laughs) Excellent. But I'm not believing Erica's story. But we can wait. Okay, I have I have a pitch for Erica. Okay, we'll get into it. We'll get I into have it. a pitch okay. for the FBI who should be looking into this hit. Man. Good thing they're our uh, number one listener, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest fan. Okay, my tagline this week could be used for any below deck. Uh, mm. If they had taglines, can I read it in an obnoxious accent? Of course. Or should I read it? My it has to be voice. Australian, though, or from New Zealand. They're all from okay. Australia or New Zealand. <clears throat> I'm the captain of this boat, and the sea isn't the only thing that's salty. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, yes. And I got to do Salt my amazing uh, accent work. Thank you. Guys. Yes. <laughs> all right. Before we get into everything this week, uh, real quick, we have some criminal charges that have been brought up in the Bravoverse. From Salt Lake City, uh, Mary Cosby has been charged. I know. With misdemeanors. Can we do the law and order sound with that? (laughs) Beautiful. 
So she has been charged with a class B misdemeanor, unlawfully providing shelter to a runaway, and then another class B misdemeanor contributing to the delinquency of a minor. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, I think that she just never leaves her closet, so she may not have known that that minor was there. Accidentally locked a kid in there. Yeah, that these runaways are just taking shelter there. So, well, that's the thing is this could either be her trying to save somebody from... Like a son's friend or Yeah, son's friend or like, you know, a kid in an abusive situation trying to take them in through the church or this is a pissed parent that their kid just joined her cult. So... Interesting. I'm hoping we learn more and it's all delightful information. I hope so too. It'd be sad if it was like sad. I'm hoping all this happened during the season and that we see it all filmed. Yes. That would be great. Well, uh, I think Salt Lake City wins two charges yeah. from one franchise in their second season. Impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have Dorit and PK and Erica in Beverly Hills, so it ties. That's a good point. Well, speaking of charges that were so much worse than mine, and I was just drunk in a hotel room. Let's get into Roni. Sure. I feel like my Luann's getting worse, by the way. Luann is getting worse. (laughs) Can I start us off with my least favorite lie that's ever been spoken on Bravo? So what do you think the worst thing Luann said on this episode was? Well, I wouldn't say it's the worst thing. It's actually one of my favorite things someone has said on one of these shows, which is breakups are never easy, but doing a Christmas song and Christmas music video make it easy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is my worst line of Bravo this week, this month, this year. And the award goes to Lou. And it is in a confessional. Oh, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest in the land? I guess it's not his call. What? What the fuck was that? Can I read that? Oh, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest in the land? I guess it's not his call. What the hell is she talking about? I don't know. She had a prop while she said it. I think the quote that I said falls under this too in this, that like Luann seems very cocky and maybe it's just her sober Luann, but she's very sure of like the things she's been saying this season. She's very proud of them, proud of her jokes, proud of like, she thinks she's a, I don't know. She's very uh, into how verbose she is these days. But it doesn't land. It's like she's scripted. Yeah. She comes off as like she's being fed these lines or she's writing them down. It's coming off as scripted. Someone's writing these Well, that's interesting. You're saying scripted, Julia, because the only Lou note I wrote this week is now that I've heard the Garth page six story the second time in the exact same structure, I believe it even less now. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, like, the funniest Luann's been all season is her reaction to being called a grandma. And I feel like that, her not being able to let that go was completely unscripted. And that was hilarious. She also said, I'm not just a diva. It's really hard work. In response to her musical career. Sonia. Okay. I got to get it out of the way. We have a Sonia saga. Let's start with some, some highs of Sonia. Sonia actually said something good when Ebony's talking about her breakup, which was bullshit. Poor Ebony. So the guy Ebony's been seeing says that he can't date a longtime friend. And a longtime friend, yes, that's right. So they've known each other before this. The guy she's been seeing in a romantic sense for a couple months at this point says that he can no longer date Ebony because she's not Jewish. 
To which she says, like, okay, well, I'm hoping to convert all that jazz. And he says, I don't want you to convert. And he knew all this going in. So what the hell was that? What if the reveal is he's going to start dating Leah? That's what <gasps> I was thinking. The parallels between Ebony and Leah are insane. The grandma, grandma. Oh, Death Julia. of the grandmas. Then Leah has been putting That's a lot right. of stock into her siblings. And Ebony is hunting for her siblings. Mm. And then we have this Jewish can-I, Jewish can't-I with the conversion. Well, I'm going to have to quote Sonia. Her thoughts on Ebony's breakup was, Why do these guys always have to think with their dicks first? And that was incredibly comforting to Ebony at her time of need. (laughs) She then uses her phone. She repeats herself again and goes, Men always think with their... And then plays with her phone like it's a dick, but plays it in a very, she plays it like it's protruding out of her chest. Fun Sonia moment. Do we want to transition to our other Sonia dick moment? Or lack of dick? Are we talking about Dylan? Yes. Or lack of dick, you say, Julia. I think there's, there's still room for debate here. I do too. What the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> the, what hot 25-year-old model and his hot 25-year-old girlfriend are like, can't wait to have a threesome with this old-ass lady who's drunk? Elizabeth, Sonia's a famous housewife. Mm-hmm. Dylan's a weird character because he had a hotel room with his girlfriend, so he doesn't live in New York. He came to New York right. to be on the show. He went out of his way to get that video with her in the background. It was very strategic. And then he allowed her to come to his hotel room in the first place. But do you remember the scene we saw at the beginning of the last episode before this? He didn't hand her a room key. She handed him a key to a door, like a physical key. And then they went to his hotel room. I think none of this is real. I think it was all like some weird, you get to be on the show if you pretend to have sex with Sonia. And he brought his girlfriend along? Hell yeah, she wants to meet Sonia. I'd be in the bathroom too. Well, whether or not she had sex with Dylan, I thought the funniest thing about this was the jealousy that Ramona and Luann had when they thought she may have slept with Dylan. And then the entrapment when they found out she did it. And the how they Sonia just handled it by locking herself in the bathroom and was kind of fine and with it. And laughing hysterically. Probably uh-huh. the best way you could handle being caught lying. <laughs> yeah. Just to laugh it off like it was one big joke. So when Julia was talking about Ramona and Sonia's relationship last episode, I thought you were really making excellent points. Ramona's a shit friend to Sonia. Why oh, I have to take it? this back. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking that with this part, mm-hmm. but when we're at the Guarva part, Sonia invites Ramona to kind of be a business advocate for her in the meeting with, who is this guy? Her business partner? It's her business partner for her Sonia Morgan fashion line. And then who was that woman? His I, assistant? I think so. She uh, was Laura. The, Laura, yes. She uh, was pregnant the last time Ramona had met her. That's our Laura fact. Well... So they're all sitting in Sonia's towel house and Sonia asks for updates and Guarva says, our business is doing great. Commerce, brands moving up. Excel sheets, business, 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 factories, business, overhead. Mm-hmm. And Sonia's like, oh yes, those are all mm-hmm. business words. And this is actually where Ramona got to prove that she's not just a nutcase. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed. Yeah, she, well, also we're going to get into the nitty gritty. The fact that Sonia's business partner is only charging Sonia for the lawyer fees that apply to her using the name. 
Like, he's benefiting from the Sonia Morgan name on this fashion line, obviously. Yeah. So he's taking all the lawyer fees, like, in terms of, like, trademarking Sonia Morgan, all of that, out and of Sonia's personally because mm-hmm. it's her name. It's bullshit. She's being swindled, and Ramona smelled her ass. I don't even understand. Okay, so Sonia's saying he hasn't given me money. He said you have $10,000 of uncashed checks. Yeah, in $2,000 increments. That's what the two thousand. Yeah, she's saying I only have two thousand. She's saying she's only getting them two thousand at a time, and she hasn't bothered to cash them, which is a little ridiculous, because she yeah. should be getting like ten thousand dollars. They should be bigger checks. Yeah. I think Sonia should not be running a business. She has no idea what's going on. Well, and yeah. Ramona's really helping her out, mm-hmm. but it's. Man, Sonia's one of the people who would have fallen for the Jinshaw telemarketing scam. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that Sonia Morgan's business manager agreed to go on the show in this capacity. Me too. Do you think he knew Ramona was going to show no up? No way. Do you think he just thought it was going to be a meeting between him and Sonia? Or he got yeah. told it was another housewife and he thinks Sonia part two. He didn't know Ramona actually. If you looked at Ramona on TV, you would never have known. Or even if he has like a passing awareness of Ramona, he probably didn't expect her to take control of the situation like that. Then again, though, that's what she's known for. She can always capture what mm-hmm. needs to get done. She's director. Mm-hmm. Alex, she loves making her own money. It's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> Ramona's shown this episode. She really did. She's mm-hmm. making a six-figure deal in between takes. Any final thoughts? Oh, another great... I mean, I know we start off with a bad Lou quote, but another great Lou quote. What I really want for Christmas is a Christmas album. <laughs> and I love how he's like, next Christmas. <laughs> All right, we ready for Beverly Hills? Yes. Julia, you want to start us off with Kathy Corner? Yes, I do. So this is when Kathy comes down at noon, starting her day with the ladies. And Kyle and Dorit and Erica are busy scavenger hunting for where Erica Girardi owns a house near Kyle's vacation home because Erica does not know where this house is. Kyle says, we're on a scavenger hunt looking for a house. Kathy... Oh, let me have my coffee first. After one sip of coffee, Kathy has figured out how to find out where Erica's house is. And that we're just going to call the property manager and just say, we're so rich, we don't even remember any of our properties. Will you help me find my home? She said it so smooth. You know that she said that a couple times before and it's totally worked out. She admits that like she doesn't remember addresses. My Kathy Corner this week is Kathy calling Kyle while they are out on their bike ride oh and requesting a straw. Do you have a straw? Like Kyle is there on the premises. She requests a straw, which they could easily get from the coffee shop they're in, and chia seeds. <laughs> and Kyle kind of talks about how she lived in a hotel for so long mm-hmm. that Kathy kind of treats everywhere like a hotel. But the chia seeds do appear so does the straw, multiple straws, and they do use Kathy's method. So is that what we need to do? Just start calling out your needs into the ethos and what it, your straws will appear? She did walk on them because she didn't realize they had been put underneath her door. Because <laughs> she was asleep again. Yeah. And my Kathy corner is everyone wakes up from their big night of dancing and whatnot. 
And Kathy walks into the kitchen and is asked what she wants to do that day. And having just woken up, she says, I'm going to try and close my eyes for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want to check in because I don't think we have in a while. Do we think this is an act? Do we think this is a PR thing? Do we think that she's really this, like, spacey? I really do. We've been with her for a while now since we last asked this question. I think she's 100% the spacey, and I think it's because she has all of her needs catered to her by her staff. She doesn't have to be competent. I totally agree. I think this is her, and her FaceTime with Nikki Hilton kind of proved that to me. Mm -hmm. Also, how did Nikki sign off? Okay. Just hung up on her mom and her aunt, so. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? Okay, I'm swayed. I'm a little on the fence, but I'm swayed with that, you pointing out, her daughter's reaction to her. And also, just like, the fact that Kyle's not acting like it's weird what she is doing, I think kind of sells it for me a bit. Because I don't think that Kyle maybe would be good enough of an actress to, like, pull off pretending like her sister's just suddenly weird. And she's like, like that's been their dynamic all along. I feel like that truly is like their dynamic. She also does things to kind of like protect the group from Kathy's stupidity. Like she'll translate for Kathy. Like things that I feel like are learned behavior over time. Their dynamic is definitely based on the fact that Kathy is wild. (laughs) Now, Alex, are you insulting the actress from the hit Halloween 2? How dare you? I mean, she got bangs for that part. And got a new nose. (laughs) She broke her nose for that part. All right. Here's my pitch for Erica. Erica needs to switch her story. She has been saying for so long, Tom and I are a real couple. Everybody says that I'm just in it for the money, blah, 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 blah. And now she's doing the, oh, he's cheating on me. I've just ignored it for so long. No. She's got to say, Tom and I had a great marriage. And then it started to kind of crumble and I didn't want people to be right. You know, people talk all this shit. You don't want to be like, yep, you're right. So I just started being blind to it. I started looking the other way and then I started looking the other way more and more. And now all of these horrible things have happened while I've looked the other way. And now I feel so incredibly guilty because maybe if I was more present, maybe if I was more honest with my relationship, then these people wouldn't have been swindled. And that's how you get sympathy from an audience because people are like, I'm kind of sick of hearing that Erica Jane, woe is me, my two billion square foot apartment is so sad. She's got to get the sympathy. If she did that now, this would be her last opportunity to like course correct. But we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> we know, we've seen the previews. That's yeah, not Ice Queen. And that actually, part of it, which she could have used for her advantage but she didn't is a part of my evidence that she really didn't know what Tom was up to. When we're talking about the whole, I have a house here, I don't even know where it is. If she knew Tom had sold it in 2018, she would have used that like, I used to have a house here, but he sold it. Maybe he knew this was all coming. And the fact she didn't use that in her narrative makes me think that she really didn't know he sold the house, which means she has absolutely no idea what he's doing. Oh, I felt like she was genuinely surprised that the house was sold. I think so, too. And I think if she knew, she would have used that. But, okay, do you know what else happened in 2018 besides the selling of this house? Uh Uh-oh. The car accident. (gasps) Oh! 
That was another 2018 event. Uh oh. So to elaborate on my hitman scenario, that hang I'm, on, hang on, let me and Alex put on our yes. tinfoil hats. <laughs> okay, we're ready. But I'm now viewing yes, those facts because I'm seeing so many supporting evidence to go towards what I am thinking, conjuring up okay. in my head. Okay, are we ready? What is Great this one? Up. So, Erica, none the wiser, doesn't know any of Tom Girardi's horrible Ponzi scheme shenanigans to separate his clients from all of their money. So, in the Housewife and the Hustler that I saw on Hulu, they have phone recordings of Tom Girardi talking to his clients with these swindle out of tons of money, and he is hustling them in a creepy, dominating fashion. So he's been doing this for years. This is not something that he started having memory loss, and he doesn't remember whether or not he's given his clients money. That does not track. Mm. Thank you, Hulu. We now know this. But in 2018, a hitman came and scared him, and he got thrown down the cliff beside their home. He called Erica. He has to explain why the hitman has tried to kill him or scare him. So she now knows that this is going on. When she says there's been a decline, he's changed. I think he's changed in her mind because she used to think that he was a hero. I think she didn't know any of this was going on pre-2018. When it was actually happening. When it was happening, but she's been complicit for the last two years. Got it. This is the theory. The house was a safe house. The house should have been a safe house, but also if he was being hit, he owed someone a lot of money. So he may have just started to like sell off assets. Sell the house. We got to pay off this one Mm -hmm. person because they're breathing down my neck. Okay. I totally agree with you, Julia. Let's say Julia is totally right. I 100% agree with you, Julia. Thank you. And Julia, what's actually backing you up is the whole Erica going off on Garcelle. Rena, after this episode aired, put on Instagram... Dang it, I wish they had shown the screaming fight between the producer and Erica last night on the show in La Quinta. That would have been epic TV, too bad, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo, call back to Denise Richards. I'll get in trouble for this in five, four, three, two, one. So people were like, whoa, that's a jab at Erica. But then I guess Erica was like, yeah, like you go girl about that comment, which was interesting. And then this is from worst girlfriend underscore ever on the Bravo housewife feed. Apparently Erica originally only told Crystal, but production told Garcelle to poke around and get her to say it on camera that Tom's been calling her. And Garcelle asked, Erica told her in a hot mic off camera and use that hot mic over them walking to make it look like Erica told them on camera. Wow. Wow. So that explains why... Why she erupted. And it wasn't actually, like, at Garcelle. It was more of, like, a producer. That makes so much more sense. Because the thing that wasn't clicking with me was I had just, like, thought that, like, she had openly admitted that on camera. They're all gonna watch it. Like, why tell two and not tell them all? Yeah. So now it just comes across more as Erica being fake. And, like, putting on a performance. Yeah, when really she was yelling at a producer. Yeah. Because Garcelle was, like, a plant for the producer. Which, you know, that's constantly, mm-hmm. hey, go tell Kyle this. Hey, go say Dorit said this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's constantly happening. Well, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills producers felt like they needed to come out and say they are, quote, unquote, prepared to turn over behind the scenes footage of Erica Jane if asked by the courts. 
Will Erica be charged? Yes. Her name's on everything, so yes. Will there be any repercussions, meaning fines, jail time, probation, blah, blah, blah? Who's to say, who's to say how dirty that footage is? Yes, she's going to get jail time. That's my prediction right here. I'm saying it. I stand by my complicity since 2018. But with your theory, you know, is she, her husband's death was on the table. She's been, she was doing a good thing. Yeah, she can weasel her way out of that one. Will she be fired from Beverly Hills regardless of guilty, not guilty, charge, not charge? No, this is all they have going. She should have quit. She doesn't want to say incriminating things though on camera because being reality on a reality TV show is kind of her job. And Annie Cohen's kind of had her back this whole time. Yeah. Oof. Uh, one lighthearted. We got a little Rena being Rena. Rena says that she loves the Garcelle who comes in in the hazmat suit, mocking them for having COVID, because this is the fun, non-judgmental Garcelle. <laughs> Rena being annoyed that Garcelle is judging her for being so judgmental towards Denise. <laughs> All right, we ready for Potomac? Oh, yeah. Kind of a weak episode of Potomac. Didn't really pull through this week. Do you know who else didn't pull through? Huh. The DMV. But if Giselle's daughter had done what I did on her learner's perm- or her driving permit test, she would have just cheated. I don't want to talk about driver's license, Julia. It's very <laughs> triggering for me. Like, just go and get the former test. I think that that was the most fucked up thing they've ever shown on a Bravo show. I thought she was going to pull a fast one and she never did. No, I know. She really didn't pass. That's how cruel it was. That's how I was like, there's no way they're going to show this. And I never feel that way about any TV show. And this way, I was so stunned by the cruelty. If they didn't, what was Giselle's storyline? Like, you know, they always have a personal storyline in one of the girls. Giselle started a podcast that she doesn't think Robin's going to show up for. Potomac viewers, like, love Giselle's daughters. They're, like, very, they're so funny. They're, like, fan favorites. So to just, like, have... <laughs> so I assumed that, like... I assumed it was just be like a happy little like subplot of like, oh, she finally got it. And then, no, it was so fucked up. The meanest thing I've ever seen Bravo do. How basic is Giselle and Robin starting a podcast during the pandemic? Ew, tacky. Am I right? That's right. And taking the name that we almost chose for ours. So it's a good thing we didn't pick Reasonably Shady. I thought it was weird that Giselle threw so much shade at Robin for being such a bad business person when Robin actually has... A business, though. It was reasonable. Oh, yeah. Her 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 stupid hats are really taking off. Um, I did look up Giselle and Robin's podcast. It has, like, about 400-ish reviews, and people like it. The only negative review is calling Giselle racist, so I don't know what that's about, but I don't know. We should review it. We should review it. It's an hour long. They do (gasps) two a week. Two? Oh, Giselle, you should not have said that about Robin. Robin's really showing up. How long? How long's an episode? 60 minutes. And then they put- 60 minutes? Yeah, and then they put out like a little short one. So I don't know if it was just like a highlight reel. Speaking of uh, listening to podcasts- if Wait, you- <laughs> three? There's three? No, Alice, this is the two. It's like the main one. And then I think they put okay. out like a highlight reel, which seems kind of weird. Oh, okay, okay. Speaking of podcast, if you're an Apple podcast listener, uh, feel free to write a review of this pod. really helps us out. There's our shameless plug that I actually have a lot of shame plugging. <laughs> a reasonable, reasonable shame. Thank you. But we also have a bonus app, and it's also the highlights, and it's just everything that I say in an episode. <laughs> well, here's another fucked up thing. 
this is this is full of two big fucked up things. If this isn't this what episode. I'm thinking, I'm gonna be. But sure. remember how Candace like had this great moment last season where she's gonna work with Grammy winning Chucky Thompson, like a really like noted producer. We find out mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Heartbreaking. Which means I think it was bullshit. I think so too. Oh, you think that was just like a random name drop? Yeah, I think that they didn't really sign in anything because she would definitely, she would not have ended that relationship. Or, you know, she's not that good. Speaking of Candace, if you're a mediocre singer, great in terms of Bravo, but like in general, fine. And your husband has sold his business and is now spending most of his time drinking cocktails before noon. Husband during. How did you buy this house? She makes money on Bravo, and she was in a Christmas classic, The Christmas Lottery. And that was the Christmas Lottery house that they're currently in. <laughs> um, because we're talking about movies, can we talk about another fucked up thing that happened this episode? Oh my gosh, I have one too. I wonder if it's the same thing. This is crazy. What? Three fucked up things. Michael Darby. Four fucked up things. Is going to be a movie producer. Yes. And I think what happened is Harvey Weinstein was a recently put away for 23 years. And he was like, oh. Open position. Open position <laughs> in the industry. Julia, I was also going to make a casting couch <laughs> joke. Everyone's a favorite sexual predator, Michael Darby. <laughs> really want... Oh, I can't do it. Damn it. In my first movie I'm going to produce is Rango 2. <laughs> Starring me as a Blizzard Rango. But the most fucked up thing about that was it induced Ashley's labor. <laughs> I'm telling her this news. I can't watch him. He's just such a piece of shit. And she's clinging on to anything remotely kind of nice he does. Yeah. And he, I love that you did point out that he can't be around the other cast, which is clearly why he's not around the other cast anymore. Yeah. And I just, like, it's so hard to watch him just one-on-one with Ashley. Makes you it just, so much worse. Yeah. And that's all we're getting this season. I love that you pointed out his, like, tongue flickering because I, I can't not see it now. It happens <laughs> so much now that I know he does that. Just trying to catch them uh, fruit flies, Alex. Buzzing around here, thought I'd get a little snake. All right, now it's time for my fucked up thing. Instead of inviting Mia out like a normal person would, Giselle, in a group text with her, Robin, and Mia, tells Mia they should meet up, but without Karen. You can easily just say, hey, Alex and Julia, let's meet up just the three of us. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then nobody has this weird name pointy thing when you know that that's her friend. Like, why would she... Go hang out with you. I didn't think Mia's reaction to that text was uncalled for. I all. didn't think so either. It was weird and sketchy. Like what they were doing, not uh-huh. Mia. Oh, totally. I will say it was unexpected of Mia to respond in that way, just given how she's been cagey in regards to Giselle and like Karen's whole thing in recent episodes. So it was like nice and it was like nice in a surprising way that she was um, so loyal to Karen in this episode. I'm really looking forward to, as we talked about in the intro, uh, Wendy and Giselle having their falling out. I cannot handle the blue-eyed bandits plus Wendy. They're driving me nuts. And I know that Robin and Giselle will never turn on each other. So I need to break up this dynamic. Because Karen is strong enough to carry her own against everybody else. But she's not a fan. Everybody hates Karen. Yeah. And Ashley. Like, Candace hates Ashley. I think no one else has a problem with her. But well, remember, Ashley and Karen were on Monique's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is all stemming from last year. Woof. 
Uh, Ascala. Shout out. Oh, yeah. Love Making her. a name for herself. And Mia knows. And Mia tried to shut that down. She's working it. Mm-hmm. Who did not have a single line that I can recall this episode? Wendy. I remember Wendy's boobs and ass in that little lingerie at the PJ party at Candace's house. I guess she went to the workout thing, but she didn't, she didn't bring anything to the table. No, she was worried her boobs, her fake boobs were going to freeze over. Yeah, and her BBL was going to (sighs) pop. Wendy better step it up because I'm not here for a candle saga. (laughs) Get ready. Light them up. Awards? Yes. Yes. All right, I'm going to start us off with awards. The Hit Hot Toddy Award, named after the Beverly Hills cast's obsession with hot toddies for some reason, goes to Fireball. Potomac loves to name drop Fireball so much so that people on Housewives forums who are not from America are asking, what is, what's Fireball? What is it like really good? Like people are wondering what it is. And they even take shots of Fireball. We got a fun flashback of last season, Karen getting so drunk talking about Ray's ugly dick while drinking Fireball. So Fireball, you better start sponsoring these ladies. They're really uh, pulling some weight. I'm a Fireball. The ladies of Potomac, Julia and college freshmen everywhere applaud you. (laughs) Alex, your award. All right, this is this is a heavy title for this award. Okay. So, get ready. The most alienating scene in a Bravo show. <gasps> a scene where I was watching it and I was like, I simply cannot relate to this. I, I can't even begin to understand the feeling of what it must be to be like this. And it goes to the women of Beverly Hills as they were discussing not knowing where the houses they own are. <laughs> So casually. Like, it's just a problem some of them have. I have never related less to any moment on this, these series, so congrats to Beverly Hills. Well, Alex, of course, you, a mere poor, would never understand that. Yes. I would also like <laughs> to continue your congratulations to Sutton, Kathy Hilton, and Erica Jane, all women who actually didn't know where their houses were. Or knew what, how to access a bank. Yep. Like, go into a bank and yep. deposit things. Or, or use a debit minor card. league baseball team she owned. So, yeah. Sutton didn't know she owned two minor league baseball teams. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, Erica doesn't have a debit card? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us mere mortals. I, Alex, that's why I think Kathy Hilton is real. Because this is the Kathy Hilton starter pack. You're right. All right. I'm swayed. I'm officially swayed. Watch next next episode. She'll be like, it was all a ruse. <laughs> Julia, your award. My award is currently titled the Townhouse Candace Award. Candace, when she lived in her townhome, was messy. Now that she has a home her mother doesn't own and it is no longer Townhouse Candace, Townhouse Candace has definitely mellowed out. This award is being given to and being changed slightly to Franchise Mia. Franchise Mia, messy, messy. Mia, we learned, owns 14, for, 14 joint. joint fourteen joint chiropractic franchises. And she is messy. So congratulations, Franchise Mia. You have taken the crown from Townhouse Candace. Now, people were kind of roasting Mia online. They're like, okay, she says she's in charge, and all she did was go in there and, like, rearrange 
you know, little pat, little pamphlets. Those people have clearly never worked in a corporate job and had their giant manager come in because that's all they do is straighten little boxes. <laughs> Got nothing else. So that actually really legitimized. I did a weird deep dive on the joint last night. You did. Do you know that it costs three hundred and fifty thousand dollars as like to start one? Like with the franchise fees and like renting your space and remodeling your space to the franchise specifics and then doing all of the hiring is three hundred fifty thousand, which honestly I thought was kind of low. Yeah, that doesn't seem like that it much. It doesn't seem like that much. Well, Julia, to us, but Alex, a mere poor, probably can't even relate. Also, they don't pay their. I, I feel like I'm being al- I'm you're alienating me. Right <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I am going to open several joints. <laughs> and then forget where you put them. Exactly. I won't even know where my businesses are. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Oh, anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all. 